Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style, but they stay frostbitten. You are now tuned to the sounds of MaximumFM.ca. It is your man, DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio. What we doing? You can catch me on your TV, even on the radio. Pop up at a rock spot, and on my way go. We in Baden Airways. Cool. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Indeed, indeed. Tell a friend and tell a friend that we're live on the airwaves right now. And it's, again, your boy, DM Cool, with another edition of Cool Radio. Welcome again to the show, people. Uh, last week, we were off the air. I was actually invited to attend the uh, Nike Crown League, so it was my first experience. <clears throat> Definitely had a great time. Uh, Shout-outs to Dwayne Watson, Keel Augustine. Uh, Shout-out my man, Drew E. Banks. Shout-out my man, uh, Dane Smith, who was playing in one of the games as well. It was a good time. It was a good atmosphere. Uh, Shout-out to my man, Kashif Daniel Saeed. Um, saw, a lot, saw a lot of people, as you can hear by all the name-dropping that I'm making, but I got to make sure that they get their shout-outs and what have you. But it was a good time. Uh, last weekend was a good weekend overall. Shout out to my man Brian Brito for getting married to his high school sweetheart. Uh, Kimberly, I see you. Um, it was definitely a great time and had a great time with all the people over there. Uh, but definitely, there's a lot for me to get to on tonight's show. Uh, on tonight's show, we're going to talk about Wale. Now, he had a clap back at some people on social media about them criticizing his uh, Nigerian customs. We got to talk about Joe Budden uh, chiming on the whole. Usher, you got a bad let it burn debate, if you know what I mean by that. And we also got to chime in on some Amber Rose news as well. But the main topic I want to get to today has to do with the debates about colorism and shadism within the black community. So I'm definitely going to offload my feelings about that in a bit. But before I get to that, man, it's been a long time that I've done this. Well, two weeks, if you think about it. But two weeks too long, nonetheless. So I figured it's time for me to get my or get some stuff off my chest, rather. So on that note, I think it is time that we uh, let that ish breathe. Let this bitch breathe! Yes. It's been a while since we've done this. Um, And last week, there was a lot of stories that happened that I just didn't have the opportunity to do because of, you know, other affairs that I had to take care of. Uh, Speaking of affair, speaking of affair, rather, let's talk about Kevin Hart real quick, Okay. Now, Kevin Hart, we all know Kevin Hart, comedian, comedian, superstar. Um, he was caught last week in some risque photos. Um, basically, it was a photo of him with another woman that wasn't his wife, and they were in a car, and it looked like they just finished doing the do as they are in the back seat, basically. Now, I don't know exactly where this was taken, if it was at an airport or a parking lot or whatever the case may be, but paparazzi got a uh, good shot of what transpired and i'm sure that wasn't the only shot that took place during the event but nonetheless uh he was caught in the act and so a lot of people were commenting and speculating as they always do on social media so kevin hart in true social media generation fashion made a post about it and basically said sometimes you gotta laugh at the bs and it's just a picture of him laughing and what have you so pretty much he's trying to cover his tracks as far as what happened. But then I think days later, he went on a very expensive trip 
with his wife um, on a vacation somewhere. So that's basically his way of saying, I'm sorry. Much like the way uh, that Kobe Bryant gave a big-ass, what, $4 million ring to his wife, uh, Vanessa, when he cheated on her with that girl from Colorado. So you guys already know how this goes, man. Sometimes money does cure everything, but we'll see as the days and months go by with the story. Uh, What I find interesting is the fact that the current woman he is now with, who is his wife, was actually his mistress at one point in time when he was with another woman, and his wife now was the mistress in that whole entire ordeal back in the day. And then he eventually broke up with his previous wife and is now married to this current woman. And lo and behold, he's doing the same thing that he did in the previous relationship. Now, I get it, Kevin. You're a celebrity. You're going to have women throwing you the panties left, right, center, all that stuff. I get it. But at the end of the day, you take away your celebrity power. You take away your your funny jokes and, and all that stuff. And at the end of the day, you have a man, a human being, your average Joe, so to speak. Not to mention the odds are against you because you're like five foot four. So I feel like whatever woman he gets, he's got to cherish that woman. I mean, regardless, like regardless if you're a superstar or not, man, like you got to cherish your spouse, you know, and this goes for women too. cherish your spouse, cherish the one that you're with. Now, we obviously don't know his situation, um, but at the end of the day, you know, I've heard people say this and I and I agree with the statement. Uh, you make a mis- you you do something wrong the first time. It's a mistake. You do something wrong the second time, it's a choice. This wasn't the first time you've been caught cheating or you've been cheating in general. This is the second time now that at least the public knows of. So now you made the conscious choice to step out of your marriage, and now you're doing this. So I don't know, Kevin. Like, it's hard for me to rock with you in that regard, you know, especially when you've talked about relationships so much in your stand-up routine. So it almost feels like you're kind of going against what you've been saying this entire time. So... I don't want to be the your your moral compass or anyone's moral compass for that matter. But if you had to ask me my opinion of the matter, that is what I would say. So hopefully he gets his ish together so he can keep it moving. And hopefully his kids won't be affected by this as well. Because at the end of the day, when it comes to stories like this, people very seldom forget about the children. Like they're the most important piece to the puzzle, in my opinion, at least. So hopefully they don't forget about that. So. That's my take on the matter. Um, Another thing that happened last week was the story came out that OJ had been released uh, on parole, basically, uh, after spending the last eight years in prison for the kidnapping charge and also trying to steal his own stuff that was auctioned off a few years ago. Now, a lot of people are very opinionated on this, and people are saying how he should stay in jail for longer because uh, the crime wasn't enough or the crime was, was so large and and a whole bunch of other things in between. Uh, people are saying how he had the right to leave prison because of good behavior and stuff like that. Uh, if you want my personal opinion on this, here it is. Based on the crime that he was charged for, I feel like he spent too many years in prison based on the crime that he was charged for, the specific crime, which is breaking and entering and then kidnapping. I don't think you're you're supposed to get eight years for that. I think maybe it's three or four years tops. Um, but if someone can fact check that for me, please do so. But I do think it was still too long nonetheless. So the fact that he got out, got out on parole because of good ha- behavior, good for him. And I think people are still saying that he should still stay in jail because of the previous crime that he was charged for, which was the double murder of Nicole Kidman. Uh, yeah, Nicole Kidman and and the other gentleman. I can't remember his name at the moment in time. Uh, but 
again, he was found not guilty. Was found innocent. He was found not guilty in a jury of his, of his peers, mainly because of the fact that the evidence was a little bit inconclusive as far as tying him to the murder of those two individuals. Everyone has their opinions on whether he did it or not. Me personally, I think he did it. But at the end of the day, I don't think he should stay in jail longer because of the fact that he was found not guilty. If he was found not guilty, it sucks, you know, if in fact he was guilty. But that is something that he has to live with for the rest of his life because only he knows what happened that night. None of us do. Only he does. The only other two people that do know about what happened that night were, unfortunately, the two victims um, of that horrific murder. So... If we're trying to judge or trying to pick out what punishment suits him within the eyes of the law and how the justice system works, I don't think he should have been in jail for longer than what he was serving for because he was serving for that breaking and entering charge, not the murder. Now, what I find stupid about OJ is the fact that years after that trial took place, he put out a book saying, if I did it, this is how I would do it. Like, dude, you're a black man who just got acquitted of murdering two white people. If that were me, I would shut up, move to Cuba or some secluded island, and just live the rest of my life in in solid in solitude. Because this man, he basically won the lottery. If you think about it, he got a, like I don't know if he murdered him. I think he did, but I don't know if he did. But if he did, he got away with it. And this guy's out here trying to say how. You know, this is what I would have done if I was the one who murdered her. Come on, man. Now, even if you didn't do it, you're just being disrespectful to the family. Above all else, think about the family and the hurt and the pain that they went through when that moment took place and the pain and the, and, and, and the anguish that they're going through right now. Or at the time when you released that book and you're out here saying, if I really did it, this is how I would have done it. You put it into a book. Like, come on, man. Like, you're a wankster for that, honestly. But those are just my takes on those two stories that took place last week. I know it's a little bit of old news, but I was dying to talk about it, but I wasn't able to for obvious reasons. But those are just my two cents, just a sample size of what I thought about the situations. But what do you guys think? As always, I'm very curious to hear your thoughts. Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio. Share your thoughts. Speaking of OJ and things racially related, we're going to go into this next record, which was released by Jay-Z, entitled The Story of OJ, which perfectly kind of ties into the topic of hand for the night, which is colorism within the black community. So keep it locked. This is Cool Radio. We'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. You're listening to Maximum FM Hip Hop. Indeed, indeed you are. <clears throat> Excuse me, pardon me. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, it is your man, DM Cool. And welcome back to Cool Radio. Once again, that was Jay-Z with the story of OJ. We were just talking about OJ and the content of the song, basically, not only reflects upon OJ Simpson, of course, but it reflects upon the next topic that we have at hand. So what I want to talk about is colorism within the black community. So in other words, the light skin versus dark skin argument. Now, normally this is something that I don't really want to shed too much light on only because, to me, it's such a trivial topic in terms of the fact that it's 2017 and this is still going on. But it is still a serious matter at hand. And it was brought to my attention once again 
uh, by one of my friends. Now, obviously, I don't want to disclose uh, this person's identity. You know, just I don't want to put too much spotlight on him specifically. But the story that he told me earlier today was very disheartening, to say the least. It's very disappointing. Um, and I feel like his story needs to be shared to the masses just to reveal how ridiculous of an argument that this really is. So shout out to him, uh, first and foremost. Basically, he called me this morning and told me about how he posted a picture of him and his girlfriend. By the way, my friend is dark-skinned, a dark-skinned uh, black man. And his girlfriend, his girlfriend he's been dating recently, is a light-skinned black woman. So they posted a picture of them posing up together, of course, posted on social media. And, you know, yeah, he had a few, a few people liking the photo, people commenting, as people normally do on social media. <laughs> but then what transpired is where the whole disconnect happens. So a lot of people, you know, that either he grew up with or he's befriended along the way messaged him. And these were all black women, dark-skinned black women specifically. And they labeled him every negative name under the sun. They called him a sellout. They called him a coon. They basically told him, oh, so you're dating light-skins now? Oh, you're a contradiction. I thought you are pro-black. I thought you were only into dark-skinned women. What happened to that? Now, mind you, here's where uh, the contradiction lies, basically. Not with him, but with the women who called him out. Half of the women who called him out have dated light-skinned men. But not only that, but they've also dated outside of their race as well. So, mind you, I have no problem with that. I'm all for everyone dating everyone. But my thing is this. There's no consistency in their argument. So if you are to call him out for dating a light-skinned woman who's still black, by the way, how is it right for you to make that judgment when you yourself have not only dated light-skinned black men, but you've dated men outside your race in general? How come you have the privilege of doing that, but then my friend, dark-skinned black man, doesn't have the right to do such a thing, right? So we were just talking about that, and it is very disheartening to say the least because of the fact that it's 2017. Like, why are we still discussing this? Like, this is something that should have been left to the wayside, but no, the Willie Lynch theory still exists. And it's not even that it still exists with uh, black Americans, but it still exists with black people on a global scale, which is extremely disheartening because of the fact that that message has carried on not only through centuries, but it's carried on worldwide. So here's my thing when it comes to this light skin versus dark skin argument. And I made a big post about this on Facebook earlier today in case you guys didn't check it out. First things first, just in terms of looking at the bigger picture, especially when you live in a diaspora like Toronto, for example, everyone has the right to date anyone of their choosing uh, from a different race, religion, culture, et cetera, et cetera. It does not matter. Especially when you consider that we're in the melting pot of Toronto, you are bound to come across people who are of a different skin, um, not only skin tone, but skin color in general. So you should be able to date whomever you choose to without any criticism because, again, <clears throat> we are in a new generation, so we should embrace that. But speaking specifically towards black people in terms of the whole light skin versus dark skin thing, which I even hate labeling that, but unfortunately that is the case, why should we demonize the black men, the dark skin black men specifically, who choose to date lighter skinned women? That doesn't mean that they view them as much more beautiful than a dark-skinned woman. And that does not mean that they don't view black uh, dark-skinned women 
is beautiful at all. I think this really stems from celeb- um, celebrity culture and pop culture in general. Because if you think about it, a lot of people like or just love to live their lives vicariously through pop culture and what they see in media and how it distorts their images of what beauty stands for. For example, within hip-hop culture, you will normally see rappers who are of a darker pigment have lighter-skinned women in their music videos. Now, that could be their personal choice. That could be the choice of the music video director. That could be the label saying, hey, we need some more racially ambiguous women to appeal to a wider audience, whatever the case may be. Either way, it is all smoking mirrors. It's just for show. It's entertainment. But a lot of dark-skinned women internalize that and say to themselves, hey, well, if these rappers um, idolize dark-skinned women or view them as much more beautiful than, than dark-skinned women, then I guess that's what all black men think. And that's the wrong mentality to have because at the end of the day, rappers do not speak for all black men. Rappers are just a small portion of black men, basically. Not every other black man you're going to meet is a rapper, regardless of the whole Toronto stereotype where every other person is a rapper. That's not entirely the case at all. A vocal minority, sure, but that's not the entire case. But nonetheless, I digress. I feel like people need to stop living in that lens of what they see within pop culture. And just because they may see Kevin Hart or Kendrick Lamar with a light-skinned woman doesn't mean that they're not attached to the cause, so to speak, or that they don't view dark-skinned women as beautiful. That's not the case. Maybe, and just maybe, they may see that woman and view her as an equal, and they may view her as someone that they might spend the rest of their life with, and they like her for who she is, and that the fact that she's light-skinned may just happen to be a coincidence. Now, in everyone's defense, whether a man or woman, you are allowed to have a preference. You can prefer light-skinned women if you want. You can prefer light-skinned men if you want, or vice versa. It really doesn't matter. But I don't think that you should view a black man dating a light-skinned woman and say, oh, he's probably only with her because she's light-skinned. Oh, um, she, he probably only wants to have light-skinned babies or babies with good hair and stuff like that. That's not the case. You should always have positive intent, especially if the person who is in question has shown favorable you know, favorable consideration amongst their peers over the years as far as their personality and what they bring to the table in that aspect. Now, here's where the double standard lies in play. Now, I've always noticed that whenever a dark-skinned man is dating a light-skinned woman, there's always so much criticism that goes with it. But then when a dark-skinned woman dates a light-skinned man, there's very little criticism that goes with it. I've rarely heard any criticism, at least from a black male perspective. And as far as women go, haven't really heard it much as well. But then when... A dark-skinned woman chooses to date outside her race, especially if it's a white man, no one says anything. Everyone always says, in fact, everyone always congratulates her for the most part and says, oh my gosh, you got yourself a white man. He probably cares for you so much. Probably opens a door for you and pays all your bills. Like, I've heard this before. Like, I'm not even trying to talk out of my ass right now. I have literally, literally heard this on multiple occasions. That just because the man is white, that he just came up and rescued her from some sort of solitude or purgatory that she had to deal with by dating a black man. And half the time, this is personified in Tyler Perry movies, so go figure. Um, My point is this. I don't see why there should be a double standard, and I don't see why black men should be demonized because of what you see within pop culture as far as uh, hip-hop culture is concerned and just general celebrity lifestyle overall. 
if you see Diddy, Diddy dating a light-skinned woman, he doesn't speak for all black men. If you see Kendrick Lamar dating a light-skinned woman, he doesn't speak for all black men. And here's the thing right here that kind of annoys me as well. Black people are already being marginalized enough as it is by the general consensus. So why or how, rather, does it make sense that we're doing it to each other? Why should a dark-skinned person go up to a light-skinned person and say, oh, you're not black enough? You don't know the struggle. You don't know how it feels. You don't know what it is to walk every day in my shoes as a light skin, as a dark-skinned person. You have more privilege than me. I've never understood that argument because at the end of the day, even though this person is lighter, the amount of privilege that they may have over you may be a morsel in comparison to what a white person would have in, in terms of privilege. So we're, we're comparing crumbs to breadsticks at this point when it comes to privilege between a dark-skinned person and a light-skinned person. It's like Jay-Z said in the record that we were just playing right now, house nigga, house nigga, field nigga, sh short nigga, dark nigga, light-skinned nigga, still a nigga. Like, we're still black in the eyes of society overall. Whether we're talking about LeBron James or Stephen Curry, they're still black in the eyes of society. So the minute they mess up on something, then they're gonna all their credibility is going to come crashing down and the media will tear them up for whatever it is. Look at Tiger Woods. This guy was America's golden boy for how, how long now? But the moment it came out that he was cheating on his wife, we started stomping, or not we, but the media started stomping on him. He wasn't this golden boy, golden image thing anymore. Everyone just railed on him. So no black person is immune from that. It's almost like black people have to have a perfect record before doing anything wrong or else they'll come crashing down like a game of Jenga. So when black people realize and understand this, and some people within who have the darker pigment want to point fingers at a light-skinned person for having privilege, it makes no sense to me. It's almost like they're taking that Willie Lynch theory and they're personifying it within their everyday lives when the whole idea of that Willie Lynch theory is to rebel against it. This guy's been dead for like 200 plus years and his words still ring true to this day. And it's not because of media, well, partially because of media, but more so it has to do with the responsibility of black people that refuse to take on the responsibility to fight against it. And that's the main problem right there. And I think that's a problem that black people need to combat against rather than combating against each other because you didn't get the guy that you desired just because he had a preference for the girl who had the lighter pigment. Now, what if there are black men who only date light-skinned girls because of some stereotype? That may be the case. But until that man says something, you cannot judge him right off the bat. You, it's always imperative to have positive intent when you see somebody dating somebody. You can't just say, oh, he's probably with her because he's skinny. Oh, he's probably with her because she got money. No. just even if, they're with, even if that man is with her, what does it matter to you? Unless if you have feelings for that person... Why do you care that that dark-skinned man is dating a light-skinned woman? If you have no feelings for that man whatsoever, then why are you crying over spilt milk? It makes no sense. And kind of going back to that, to that, um, to that uh, double, double standard narrative that I was speaking on earlier, I remember a few weeks ago when I was covering that Kodak Black story about how he doesn't date black bitches, as he called them, but yellow, uh, but yellow bones, rather. Now, that is a time where you can actually point and criticize somebody for dating someone of a lighter pigment for selfish reasons. That is a very selfish reason to, to state. Like, it's one thing if you're more attracted to a particular shade, but to demonize one faction of people who are of a particular shade just to uplift another, that is not right. If anything, those are the people that you need to attack. 
but you can't assume that every single dark-skinned black man has that mentality. That is a problem. Now, let me tell you about another story that I actually didn't get to speak about on air when it did happen within the, uh, the following week. So there's a lady who goes by the name of Ariana. For those of you who don't know, she was actually a uh, female performer for the WWE. So she was a female wrestler at the time. Um, she's now, I'm not sure what she's doing now. She's doing her own thing. I know she was into music for a moment. Maybe she's just doing modeling. Who knows? Anyways, she uh, prefers to date white men, and she was asked by it by TMZ. So the reasons she was giving, you know, they're just general vague reasons. She's like, I don't know. I just, I'm just more attracted to them, et cetera, et cetera. And, hey, that's fine. If you want to give that reason, that's fine. No harm done. It's all good. You like what you like. It is what it is. But at the very end of the interview, however, she said um, that, Black that black women and white men make cute make cute mixed babies. That is where it killed it for me. That is where the credibility just ended right there. Because to say that you are dating somebody who is of a different race so that you can make cute mixed babies is a very volatile statement to make because now you're insinuating that babies who are of a mixed pigmentation can only be de- uh, dignified as cute, whereas other babies in general are not cute. You're alienating a whole bunch of other races just to say that mixing with the race makes you have a cute baby and nothing else will. That is the problem that I have with that statement. That's a statement that I've heard from black people within the race, unfortunately, but other people as well. Like, I've heard white people say, oh, mixed babies are the cutest babies in the world. Like, I've heard I've heard people of Middle Eastern descent say that when they say black and white people have cute mixed babies. I've heard, I've heard it from so many different people, and it just annoys me because at the end of the day, when a baby is born, uh, you know, barring any type of, like, disfiguration or some type of birth defect, all babies are cute. I've never seen an unesthetically pleasing baby in my life. They are all adorable because as long as the baby is healthy, they're going to come out with the cutest cheeks and everything like that. So to make a statement like that, it really says a lot about, you know, what type of feelings you have inside in regards to race and and um, aesthetics and what and what have you. So to kind of close it off, I'm going to say this, man. We are living in a world where the president of America, my job in Canada, but the president of America is like the biggest bigot in the world. There is no reason at all whatsoever to add to that increasing level of bigotry, especially when it's within your own community. So to all the dark-skinned women who kind of feel disrespected by the black men who have made those comments about only wanting to date light-skinned women because they're of a certain, you know, pigmentation and how they'll have cute babies or whatever the case may be, demonize them. Do not demonize every black man that you see that dates a light-skinned woman. Because for all you know, and this may be a crazy thought here, he may just like her for who she is. That's it. So that's why I never understood why people were disrespecting Kendrick Lamar when he dated his high school sweetheart that he's known for 10 years at the very least and decided to put a ring on there rather than going the stereotypical route and just marrying some Instagram model or another celebrity. But then when Serena came out and says, oh, white men treat me better, no one said anything. I didn't hear one black woman say anything at all about that. Very few black men said anything about that at all. And people you know, fail to realize that the amount of the type of caliber of men that Serena had dated before that white multimillionaire was the fact that she grew up in Compton, so she probably dated the 
the stereotypical black male, which is you know someone who's hypermasculine, hypersexual, someone who has to prove that he's a thug or a gangster to prove that he's a man. And then when she became a successful athlete, she started dating rappers. And I don't want to stereotype all rappers, but rappers don't really have a good track record for the most part when it comes to the dating scene because they're just philandering from groupie to groupie. Like she dated Common, sure, but Common's been in multiple relationships that haven't really been as successful. And then Drake is like the Casanova playboy of the rap game. So what do you expect when you went from dating dudes in Compton to dating rappers who like to philander around to dating, you know, someone who's a billionaire who just so happened to be white, right? So I feel like people need to analyze all these situations within proper context rather than just pointing the finger and saying, oh, look at you. You're a sellout because you're dating somebody of a lighter pigmentation. Okay, yeah, I am dating a lighter, someone of a lighter pigmentation, but they're still black. So what is your point? And even if they're not black, that's their choice. You shouldn't demonize them for not dating somebody outside of the race. So that's why I want to hear when I hear people like Dr. Umar Johnson, that hotep idiot spewing out his hatred i have no patience for it whatsoever so for the people who still have that mentality in their head get it out of your system and get over yourselves just get over yourselves don't believe in your own hype if somebody doesn't like you for for your skin pigmentation they're not for you keep it moving i'm sure there's a whole bunch of other men out there who like dark-skinned women so go to them and see where they're at if you want to date a black man who is of a darker tone or if you don't want to date a black man that's totally fine no one's going to judge you for it just don't judge others for their dating preferences that's their preference that's their business and that's all it comes down to and I, was, I just want to give a big shout out to my friend who kind of had to go through this injustice, unfortunately. Um, stay up. Keep your head up. Stay strong. Don't even worry about the people who unfriended you because they weren't your friends to begin with. They're clowns. They're jokes. They're idiots. And they're caught within their own stigma and good riddance to them. That's dead weight off of your shoulders. I call that addition by subtraction. So that's my take on it. What do you guys think? Did I leave anything out of there? Is there anything that you guys want to add in there? Make sure to hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio or leave your comments, you know, below this video once I post it on YouTube. Coming up after the commercial break, man, we got to talk about some more culturally related stuff uh, in the news as well. But before we get to all that, you know, kind of transitioning, you know, from one topic to another that still has some correlation, I'm going to play a track from my man Wale and it's entitled Shades. Now, this is technically a throwback, but because it has so much credence and so much context to what we're talking about. I'm playing it right now. It's a record from 2009 off of his debut album, Attention Deficit. So we will be right back after these messages. This is Cool Radio. Yeah. You're listening to Maximum FM Hip Hop. Indeed, indeed. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gents. Once again, it is your man, DM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. Uh, once again, that was Wale featuring Chrisette Michelle with Shades from his 2009 album debut, which was, <clears throat> pardon me, Attention Deficit. So that song was talking about um, his relations in regards to uh, light-skinned uh, women, actually, and what a lot of black people in the community go through when it comes to shadism. And I thought that was perfect because not only were we just talking about that, but the first topic that I want you to introduce into Trip Talk right now has to do with Wale, but not so much with skin tone, but more so with ethnic culture. So with that being said, let's get into it right now. So Wale got into it with a lot of people on social media in regards to a post that he 
put up over the over the week, basically. So what happened initially was he was celebrating his daughter's uh, first birthday, and as we all know, Niger- uh, sorry, Wale is of Nigerian descent. Uh, he was born in America, but his parents come by way of Nigeria. So for his daughter's birthday, he celebrated in Nigerian fashion. So basically, what was seen was a video of. <clears throat> pardon me, a video of Wale recording, or sorry, not a video of Wale, but a video of Wale's daughter, rather, kind of sitting in a circle with all of her little friends, and basically everyone was showering money on her. So the first instinct that people had was, oh, he's making a rain on his daughter. That's so disrespectful. Da-da-da-da-da-da. But really, he was actually practicing um, a custom within Nigerian culture where people will spread money on you, and that is basically a sign of good fortune. It's called spray. So basically, it just means a sign of good fortune. So this is very common uh, at baby showers or birthdays, weddings especially. And this essentially is where the made it rain, make it rain culture came from. It derived from this. Unless it came from something else. But I think it derived specifically from this. And it turned into something completely different, as we all know, uh, through American pop culture. Now, basically, he caught flack for this because a lot of people thought that he was referring to what is now make it rain culture by throwing money at the strippers and stuff like that. So people were thinking, oh, he's getting his his daughter started on the pole early and all this stuff. So let me read you some of the comments that people made, actually, just so you you guys have proper context of what he had to deal with. So this is from one person. One person said, and I quote, it's like they're getting her ready for her future career. Just need a stripper pole. And another person said, what do you think about the negative message that these girls will learn at an early age? Shit. One little girl already knew what to do with the money, making it rain and picking it up. Now, here's the thing. Um, (laughs) It's funny because I'm looking at the video right now. Like, I'm not watching the video, but I'm just looking at the caption. But basically, uh, the caption on the video is, well, it's like a little caption that's on the video, literally. And it basically says, my fine girl celebrating her B-Day party the Nigerian way or the Niger way. So now Wale responds to all this, like, idiocy, basically. And this is what he said. Um, or actually, rather, yeah, this is not uh, what he said. This is what his, uh, I guess his, not his wife, but I guess his um, sister-in-law, in a sense. But this is what she said. Zyla Moon is my niece, and she's very special, intelligent, charismatic, and sweet one-year-old. Her mother would never let her be the subject to anything harmful or degrading in any way. Um, and then let's see here. I'm trying to see if there's another comment of Wale, you know, defending himself. But I don't think he defended himself on this one in particular. But basic. oh, no, he did, he did, he did. So this is what he said in another Instagram post. Uh, or no, this is on Twitter, actually. This is what he said, and I quote. Oluwakemi is Nigerian, and we sprayed her on her birthday. So Oluwakemi is his daughter's Nigerian name. Oluwakemi is Nigerian, and we sprayed her on her birthday. Some of y'all popping off in the comments realize the world is bigger than your home. And that's really the, the right way to respond, to be honest, because of the fact that that is his culture. And with a lot of black Americans, I'm sorry to say, but they live in their own bubble. They think that their world is the world in general, but really there's a whole larger world out there. And a lot of the customs that they now have in hip hop uh, within the black urban, urban community, they derive from different parts of the world. There's some parts that derive from Jamaica, like hip hop, the sound of hip hop derives from Jamaica dancehall uh, instrumentation. 
Burn to me. And the song, the customs are celebrated within hip hop derive from general African culture. A lot of the sounds that you hear in hip hop nowadays derive from Afro beats. So this is just a sample size of what I'm trying to explain. And so for a Wale to have to explain himself in this regard, I feel like he didn't need to do that, but I'm glad that he did because now people are going to pull back and say, oh, wow, let me put my foot in my mouth for a second because I sound ignorant. Now, I would hope that people would come to that realization after realizing that they made a huge mistake and thinking that he would literally make it rain on his one-year-old daughter, which is actually stupid. But nonetheless, that is his culture, and that's how he chose to celebrate his his daughter's one uh, one year old birthday, basically. So, I'm glad he educated the masses on that. He didn't have to, but I'm, I'm glad that he did anyway. And I'm glad that the auntie of the daughter stepped in and kind of clarified that as well, because at the end of the day, that is a culture that's practiced, or sorry, that is a custom that's practiced within that culture on a regular basis. So. It's not the thing that you think it is. It's something completely different. And if you weren't ignorant and you actually did your research on it, then you wouldn't have been popping off on the mouth, like he, as he said. So shout out to Wale on that. May not agree with him on certain things when it comes to music in particular, but I do agree with him in this practice. And maybe because I'm half Nigerian and I already know this stuff. But hey, that ain't none of my business. <laughs> but nonetheless, what do you guys think of the matter? Make sure to hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio to share your thoughts. All right, so next on the topic, let's see here. We have, oh, yes, this story right here. Joe Budden. Okay. <laughs> so Joe Budden these days, he is the host of the very popular internet series by Complex, which is entitled um, uh, Everyday Struggle. So on the show, they have guests coming um, from time to time. And the latest guest that they had this week was Amber Rose. Now, Amber Rose was talking about her annual slut walk and was talking about some of the trials and tribulations that she has to go through as a woman and what have you. Uh, And one of the things that came up was her relationship with Kanye West back in the day. So one of the things that she talked about was about being bullied by Kanye for the last six or seven years. So basically, uh. Budden was the one who who brought it up, and she made a statement saying, imagine living with him. Now, they didn't mention Kanye's name, but we pretty much got the idea of who they were talking about. So he, or sorry, she basically claimed that he bullied her after her split, and this is what she said uh, during the interview, and I quote, I still have never said anything mean about Kanye. This is after six years of bullying from him. This is after six or seven years of constant bullying from him. Now, we don't know what was said behind the scenes between the two of them. I know Kanye came out with a few songs here and there kind of depicting what the relationship was like. But I don't know, nor do any of us know, if she said anything about Kanye when cameras run around or microphones run around. So we don't know that for sure. But I'm not so sure if I were to say bullying would be the proper term to use because she has clapped back at Kanye for a few comments that he's made. For example... There was a comment that she made back uh, in 2015 or that Kanye made in 2015 when he said, and I quote, it's very hard for a woman to want to be with someone that's with Amber Rose. I had to take 30 showers before I got with Kim. So obviously that's very disrespectful to say the least. But then she immediately clapped back after comments that he made towards Wiz Khalifa in regards to him having a child with Amber Rose. And she said the following, which I'm sure we're all familiar with, but. I'll say it again anyway. And she said the following, and I quote, uh, at Kanye West, are you mad I'm not around to play in your asshole anymore? 
hashtag fingers in the booty ass bitch. So when you clap back like that, then it's hard for me to say that you've been bullied because of the fact that your clapback was so vicious. In fact, it was better than what he said before, exposing intimate details about the relationship that you guys had, you know, in between the sheets and what have you. So I get where she's coming from in the sense that no one should be disrespected after a relationship has gone sour and should be put out to the public like that. But to say that you were bullied when you're clearly defending yourself, that kind of that kind of defeats the purpose of what bullying is all about. So it's kind of hard for me to take Amber Rose seriously in some aspects just because I feel like, and ironically enough, just like her ex-boyfriend, that she kind of contradicts herself a little bit here and there. But that's just my take on that. But again, bullying, not the type of term that I would use, but she did clap back nonetheless, and Kanye was being petty by kind of commenting about her after their relationship was done. And I think that was the last comment he made since then. But... You know, not to harp on old news, but I kind of find find it a little funny that Kanye would make a comment like that when he's with a woman who is basically known for being on a sex tape, A, and known for being with multiple celebrities within the celebrity realm. Now, I'm not judging her for dating celebrities in the celebrity realm and what have you, but at the same time, where you're going to claim that oh, that you were so dirty after dating a person to the point where you had to take 30 showers before dating your current wife then what does that say about you, really? Again, my personal take on the matter. But what do you guys think? Uh, you already know what to do, man. Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio and share your thoughts. Final topic that we have to discuss is um, actually, yes, final topic that we have to discuss. And I just realized that Joe Budden was in the news again. Uh, basically, Joe Budden was in the news again because he was giving his take on what had happened with Usher. Now, for those of you guys who don't know, Usher was uh, caught, you know, with herpes, basically. And the thing is, the joke is, he bribed a woman $1 million to keep it away from the public. But, of course, that wasn't the case because now everybody knows about it. Now, on another episode of Everyday Struggle, again featuring Joe Budden, Joe Budden went out and said that Every single one of these rappers and singers, they have herpes, basically. And that's a little disturbing to hear because you would think that people would be a bit more cleanly when they are out philandering with this person and that person, whether it's a man or a woman. Um, But overall, to make an allegation like that, I mean, Joe Budden, you were once a rapper as well, an active rapper, I should say. Um, Were you one of those dudes that had the herpes or whatever you want to call it? Because if that's the case, then it's kind of like the pot calling the kettle black. Um, overall, I hope that's not the case. I hope rappers, singers, entertainers, whatever the case may be, I hope they are keeping themselves clean because that's a whole lot of diseases going around that nobody needs to have in their lives. So I hope that is false in every sense of the word, and I hope that's just another case of him being theatrical. But again, what do you guys think? You guys already know. Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore reader to share your thoughts. Now it is time for the Throwback Thursday. Sorry, not Thursday. Flashback Friday track of the day. I'm going to play that drop just like this. And you guys already know, man. You guys already know. Just contact me on social media and let me know what records you want to hear for this segment. Uh, And I feel like going within the theme of, you know, being with the one that you love, you know, regardless of 
what skin tone or what skin complexion they are, accepting them for who they are, and not listening to any of the backlash that you may get from onlookers. I think it's only right that I go to this one record, and it's entitled The Light, which is performed by Common off of his 2000 album, Like Water for Chocolate. So we're going to get into that, and after that, we have the Wanks of the Week. So keep it locked. We'll be right back after these messages. Yep. Yes, yes, y'all. It don't stop. Into the beach, y'all. It don't stop. Every freak, y'all. It don't stop. Yes. Welcome back to the show, people. Once again, it is your man, DM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. And once again, that was Common The Light. Now, we're about to get into the dark because it is that time that you've all been waiting for. <clears throat> Who has been entered into the shallow walls of the Hall of Shame this week? Who has been crowned the captain of Coonery this week? Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the Wankster of the Week. This week's Wankster of the Week goes to none other than MMG head honcho Rick Ross, the boss, who kind of acted like a peasant this week in light of his comments that he made in regards to female rappers and why he has assigned them to his label. Now, Rick Ross is no stranger to the wall of shame, but nonetheless, uh, he does not get excluded this time around. So this is what he said on a radio interview live on the air with The Breakfast Club. This is what he said, and I quote... You know, I never did it because I always thought, like, I would end up fucking a female rapper and fucking the business up. I'm so focused on my business. I just, I got to be honest with you. You know, she looking good. I'm spending so much money on her photo shoots. I got to fuck a couple times. (sighs) Rick Ross, if you're so focused on your work and your business, then these thoughts wouldn't even creep into your mind or contemplating even acting out these thoughts wouldn't be in your mind. Keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, this is the same rapper who was basically rapping date rape lyrics into his songs about four years ago. And if I remember correctly, I gave him the wanks of the week for that as well. Let's remember, he said in that record entitled UNEO, or You Ain't Even Know, he said the following, and I quote, Put Molly all in her champagne. She ain't even know it. I took her home and I joined that. She ain't even know it. I'm not surprised he made these comments, but you would think that somebody who's at least in their mid-40s, which he is, would learn by their mistakes. Now, it's one thing if you say in a song and people can be can kind of, you know, decipher and be like, oh, it was a clever metaphor, whatever the case may be. But you're on a radio interview and you said it verbatim. You said it verbatim. There's no cracking of any code. You said that you would not have a female rapper on your label because you would be afraid that you would have sex with her. Now, let's take the female rapper out of the equation. What if, it's, what if there's any female employees with MMG? Are there any? And if there are, how safe do they feel after hearing that statement from Rick Ross himself? Do they feel any safer now that he's made that statement? Are there any PRs that work for, any female PRs that work for MMG, any female photographers, whatever the case may be? I would have to assume that they feel as though they may feel somewhat threatened now because of the fact that you have a rapper who is now saying that they wouldn't employ any females in general because of the fact that he's afraid that he might stick his penis into them and that he can't control himself. 
If you're 40 plus years old, you've had two baby mamas now, you've been in multiple relationships, and you've been in multiple music videos with beautifully scantily clad women, and you still can't control yourself, then that's a problem that you have that you need to address immediately. And God forbid if you have any daughters as well, because what are they going to think about their daddy when they read or hear this interview or read the transcript 10 years from now, if that may be the case? Now, he later went on and apologized and all that other PR bullshit, but we all know that that was just PR stuff. But nonetheless, because of those comments, Rick Ross, you ain't no boss. You get in this wankster. Do you deserve it? Of course you do. And I'm going to drop on you one more time just like this. You got stuff for indeed, bro. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for tuning in as you do on a weekly basis. I know our schedule has kind of been a little topsy-turvy for the last uh, month or so. Um, I will keep you guys informed as to whether or not we will have a show uh, ready for you guys next week. Uh, but definitely I will keep you guys in the loop. Make sure you hit up our Twitter at cool underscore radio to get any of the updates, as well as our fan page, fan page on Facebook, so facebook.com slash coolradiocc. Make sure you go to our UP, YouTube page as well, coolradio.com. Sorry. YouTube.com slash CC to subscribe. And also uh, our podcast if you missed any full episodes as well. Once again, SoundCloud.com slash Cool-Radio1. Once again, it is your man DM Cool. And Cool Radio is a division of Cool Click Media and Entertainment, reminding you each and every day that we are out here creating our own legacies. Keep it gravy and wavy. We are out of here. Peace. Cool.